How's it going today, guys? Once again, this is your host, Thomas Penland, back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Thursday, November 29th, 2018. Got a special guest in the studio with me once again coming into championship weekend for college football. This special guest is none other than the usual special guest, Cohen Hughes. Cohen, say what's up to the people. What's up to the people? What's up, guys? I like being on Thomas Penland's podcast. It's incredible. It's a life-changing fetish experience for me i enjoy every second of the 35 minutes we averagely spend with each other um ready to discuss some of this college football i have a few hot takes actually for uh this week in 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 college football when we do the hot 100 um we have some nba stuff to discuss and um i'm excited this is gonna be a good one Oh, yeah, guys. We're super excited. I appreciate all the compliments, Cohen. This is definitely the best part of my week, too. Me and Cohen just going back and forth. To it, dude. Biggest game, or I guess the first game we'll talk a little bit here about. We'll start in the MAC conference with uh, on a Friday night game, um, Northern Illinois at or versus Buffalo. This game has Buffalo opening as a four point favorite at minus four. What do you what do you think about this game? What's the site? Um, they're playing this game at Ford Field. Indoors. Um, give me Buffalo yep. to cover the what you said the four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give me Buffalo I to agree. cover the four. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Buffalo has absolutely dominated this conference. They've been dominant in general this year. I mean, they beat Temple at Temple. Um, they pretty much have dominated this conference. They lost to Army. They lost pretty bad to Army that game. But, I mean, Army's legit. I'll talk about Army a little bit later and why that I think that Army's actually might be a big factor into the college football Final Four this year. Um, as well, they came off a huge win at Bowling Green. They obviously got blown out at Ohio, which is not a great, great game for them, but they turned the ball over a lot in this game. But I just look for Buffalo to do what they've done all season, and that's to pound in IU. I mean, the first time these teams played, uh, actually, I take that back. They haven't played each other this season. So I'm a, I'm a ride. I'm definitely going to ride with Buffalo. I agree with you. Give me Buffalo minus four. They've dominated this conference. There's no reason why they should stop now. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we got as well another game Friday night. I believe this game tips off or kicks off. Sorry, I'm in basketball mode. It tips off yeah. at eight o'clock or kicks it. I did it again. Kicks yeah, off at eight o'clock. <laughs> they're literally <laughs> tipping off the football in the middle of the fucking field on the logo. Yeah, they're gonna pop it up in the air, get yeah. a little jump. I wouldn't mind. That'd be that. That'd be crazy. Yeah, well, if they popped the ball up in the field though, and two players were, and a bunch of players ran at it, you'd have everybody out of the game with concussions. Yep. CTE buffet. Yeah, pretty much. But this game features Utah at Washington. Um, Utah is currently ranked number uh, 17. Washington is 11. This game has Utah as a five-point dog. It opened as Washington minus three, and it has jumped to five. Uh, The site of this game is Levi Stadium. That's 49ers Stadium, Santa Clara, California. What are you thinking about this one? Um, So I actually have two outcomes of this game on my Hot 100. Um, I... I really do like Utah to stay stay within this plus six that I have on my book. Um, uh, I I have a habit of buying back the whole point to get to seven to make it a push if it's a full score mm-hmm. game. But I do like Utah to keep it plus six against Washington. Um, and I also do like this game to go over 45 and a half. That seems kind of low to me. Even two 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 teams with a good defense is granted, but for a Pac-12 game and a championship weekend, this feels a little bit too low to me. Forty-five and a half. Give me the over. I like that. Um, I'm actually gonna. I think it's definitely a defensive game. If you look at it by the defensive numbers, 
Washington has the number eight scoring defense, or yeah, Washington's eighth scoring defense in the in the country, and they have the twentieth rushing defense. Utah's seventeenth scoring defense and the fifth rated rushing defense. Um, running the ball wise, both these teams, both these teams have a pretty balanced, or Washington at least has a pretty balanced attack. They're sixtieth in the pass, they're fifty second in rushing, rather than Utah's thirty sixth in rushing. I think Utah relies on the run too heavy here. I'm gonna go Washington in a in a. I think the overall probably cash, but I say like Washington 27-20. So I'm going to take Washington at minus five in this game. Okay. Not bad. Yeah, I just feel like Jake Browning, he's been there before. He's played in big games in the Browning past. Browning played very, like- very, 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 very well in the snow against Wazoo, Washington State. And my man, Mike Leach, um, I had Washington State to win the, win the game. Weather really, really threw a wrench in the plans um, of the passing attack. But Jake Browning looked really good in the 11 passes that he did attempt for Washington in that um, Washington Apple Apple Cup, whatever they call it, in the snow yeah, last that, week. That game was a complete shit show. There's really yeah. no other to play it. Miles Gaskin had the big play when he ran for that 80-yard touchdown. I look for them to try to feed him the ball. On the other side of things, Utah is going to try to feed um, Moss, their running back, mm-hmm. uh, Zach Moss. He's junior, so... I just kind of look for both these teams to actually, whoa, 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 whoa. He's he's out, actually. Really? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's out for Utah, not so fast. Wow. So I just feel like everything in this game points towards Washington, a run-happy team without their running back. I mean, I got to go with Washington in this one. I think it'll be a decent game, though. It's going to definitely be a defensive one, but I agree with you. I mean, 44.5 is just way too low for college football. Yep. On yeah, championship for- weekend, come on, give me the over. Yeah, you're leaving everything you got on the field championship weekend. Um, next game we got, we'll go in order. 12 o'clock, we got number 14, Texas, playing Oklahoma. This game is in Arlington, Texas at AT&T Stadium. Oklahoma is currently a 7.5-point favorite. The over is at 77.5. I mean, what are, you what are you thinking here, Cohen? Um, like I said, I have a weird habit of buying points back and to and from. Um, give me the, the whole point to make it 6.5. Oklahoma. Um, I would want to think that they would win by more than a touchdown, but just for better sake, let's not get crazy. Um, I don't know if the 77 is going to hit. I know both of these teams are going to put the ball in the air and run fast and happy, but 77, it seems like when it's a trap like that, don't take the cheese, you know? Yeah, 77 is a little absurd. Uh, I mean, it opened at 79, it's gone down to 77, oh. so if that tells you anything there, there's money oh, coming in worry. on the under. So, I mean, this game's tough for me. See, Oklahoma's far superior on offense. I feel like Texas kind of lets everyone play with them. At the same time, Texas has a pretty decent defense. We saw in the first game that it didn't really matter. It was a high-scoring shootout. Yep. I feel like Kyler Murray has revenge on his mind here, and he gets this win, but... I just don't really trust Oklahoma's defense. I feel like they have to beat teams like this in a tight one. I think it'll be tight. Give me the points. I'm going to take Texas plus seven and a half, but I have Oklahoma as the outright winner in this game. I think Kyler Murray comes out, makes a statement, and he gets this sooner team to hopefully the final four. Yeah, um, buy me the point back and give me the six and a half and I'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good one. I'm excited for that one at 12 o'clock. Lots of good games on. You won't see me leave the couch very much on Saturday. It's one of those. It's one of those kind of days. But the next game, I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna go a little bit out of order here. I want to talk about Ohio State Northwestern because I feel after we talk about the Alabama Georgia game, we'll, I'll have another debate really to bring up here. But mm-hmm. Ohio State Northwestern, you got number 21 Northwestern versus number six Ohio State. 
Um, this game's going to be played at 8 o'clock. It is in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, home of the Colts. You got Ohio State. They opened at minus 13. They're at minus 14 and a half. What do you think about this one? Um, I am taking Northwestern plus the 14. Earlier this year, in about week three or four, whenever you got Urban Meyer back, um, I was really, really, really loving Ohio State. Now that they've lost 6-6 uh, six and six Purdue, that's very embarrassing. I think that's a statement to who their team is. Um, Northwestern will not win this game, but they will get within 14 points. Um, they have a habit um, of playing teams close no matter what. They do have a habit of playing teams close no matter what, but I saw a completely different Ohio State team. I saw them come out in the biggest – I mean, let's I, – I can't put it either way. Ohio State's played like shit all season long. They've barely snuck by these teams. They had a horrible loss to Purdue. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, they, their coach was suspended. You would think that would motivate them. No, Ohio State had to come from behind to beat a Penn State team. I don't think it's that great. Yep. It was at Penn State, so I can cut them a break there. But yep. I just have been very unimpressed by Ohio State all season long, but they really came to play, and they smacked Michigan in the mouth. Dwayne Haskins is putting up Heisman numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should win the Heisman Trophy, but he's putting up these numbers. But He'll, he'll, he'll get an invite to New York. Oh, absolutely. The final the finals will be him, uh, Murray, Greer, and Tua. So, I mean, I think that's yeah. a lock for them to be the finals. I think Minshaw mm-hmm. kind of played himself out of it last week, or yep. Minshew, or however you say it. Minshew. I'm actually going to go with Ohio State in this game. I think Ohio State comes out ready. I think they beat some ass. I think they're going to watch Oklahoma win in a tight one earlier in the day, and they're going to say, what we got to do to get in the Final Four is we got to beat some ass. And I think they're going to come out there, and they're going to th- give everything they got to Northwestern. I think Ohio State wins this one big, like 52-21 or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I would take Buck, Buckeyes team total. I don't know what it's going to be at. They usually don't put those out till closer to kickoff. The over 35 and a half, maybe team total. 35. Yeah, I would smash that if that's a team total. I mean, Northwestern is a decent defense, but you got to – I mean, I just feel like Ohio State, this is the biggest game of their season. They know what they got to do. They're going to leave everything they got on the field, and I think they blow Northwestern out of the water. So, I mean, Northwestern, though, in their last three games, hasn't let a team out of the teens, which is interesting. But Yeah, no, Northwestern is going to put the clamps on them in some regard. It'll be within a 14-point game. I agree. I, I I, I mean, I disagree with you on that. I think Ohio State comes out from start to finish and just plays their best game of the season. They played good against Michigan, but I think they're going to keep getting better. But mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. All these games they, well, got a lot right. It's 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 the, these mistakes that Ohio State makes, like the turnover at the half that caused Michigan to even be close. Mm-hmm. You know, and like letting them them get a field goal out of it and turning the ball over again for the second time with like. 15 seconds left. Luckily, Michigan couldn't convert on anything, so it didn't matter. But these kind of mental mistakes will not work against a disciplined team like Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, it, we'll definitely see. I just think Ohio State's offense is so superior that they're going to come out. They're going to care of the ball, though. I agree with you. They can't be giving the ball away. That's really where they can hurt themselves a lot is if they give the ball up like we've seen them do in past games that have been a lot closer than they should be. Uh, do um, actually, before before we bring up the big question that's got to be asked, we'll talk about UGA Bama here. I mean, what do you what do you like in this game? We got G- number four Georgia at number one Alabama. I mean, I guess not at. I mean, tech, it, but it's I mean it's at the Georgia Dome. It's, it's or not t- the Georgia Tuscaloosa, Dome, Dome. Tuscaloosa East. Yeah, it's being played in my backyard, basically. So, yeah. what are you thinking about this one? Um, I don't know what, what it opened as, but the over under is at sixty four and a half right now. I'm taking the under. Um, Georgia's really seemed to make some strides on defense this year. They, uh, After they lost a lot of talent to the NFL, 
They mm-hmm. um, have really been working hard to replace and replicate the talent they had last year, and they've really come a long way since their first game. Um, under 64.5 is, is, is a good bet for me. Okay. What do, what, what do you think about game spread-wise? So I know you're an old Tide guy. Uh, 13.5 really, really does seem like a lot. Um, and I, I know this sounds weird, but I heard on the radio the, the, the other day, and this was a good example – a team like Georgia, who has corners that aren't up to that elite level like Bama has, mm-hmm. they want Bama to run the ball. And I really do think with the recipe of Tua maybe being a little bit limpy, maybe looking forward a little bit, because no matter what Bama does in this game, unless they get blown out, they're still going to go to the college football playoff. That's just the way this stuff works. You know, like the committee couldn't keep them out. They never have. They never will. So... I think that this game will be close. I don't think Bama wins by 13 and a half. Um, we'll get to that part you said about Bama if they lose or not staying in there in a minute. Yeah. But I just – this game's tough for me. I'm not – I personally will not bet on this game. I cannot put money against Alabama. It's just it, – I just can't do it. Like how dominant two has been in college mm-hmm. football – um, here's some st- here's some stats for y'all. I like to look at some data. Uh, Bama is sixth in passing offense. Georgia's number fourteen versus it. But at the same time, if you look at all the teams Georgia's played, they really haven't played any dominant passing offenses. No. So that stat doesn't mean as much to me. Uh, UGA maybe Missouri. Is, yeah. Missouri is like that. Like it, and they they did shut down Drew Locke though. I will say. Yeah, they did, but I mean, it's Missouri. Like Missouri's Missouri's very disappointing. I mean, yeah, they beat Florida, but it's Missouri. You know, Alabama shut them down too. Yeah, uh, UGA's defense is 11th versus the run. Alabama's mm-hmm. number 32 in rushing offense. Georgia is 11th in running the ball, and or they're like 11th in rush yards per game. Alabama is 15th versus the run. So if you look at this, both teams are kind of good at what the other team's strength is. Both these teams are pretty much the same team. I think Alabama has a far superior quarterback, if you ask me, with Tua. I mean, far, far, far superior. Jacob Fromm isn't even in the same zip code, area code, even even in the same county as Tua I agree. Is, I, I, I agree. I don't think – I don't hold Jake Fromm super highly. I know that he – this is the best passing performance from a UGA quarterback since maybe Aaron Murray. But I mean, who have they had at quarterback? That's, like, that's, that's, that's Bryce what I'm Ramsey. Saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Bryce Ramsey. I what can't was even that, remember what, that. What was the other kid? The um, Isaac N- uh, Nada. Or who? No, he's the, he's the tight end. No, no it was uh, Mason. I can't think of his. Oh, Hudson Mason. That's Hudson, Hudson Mason. Mason. Yeah. Who, 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 Futon. Futon Ballard. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they got. Nah, Georgia hadn't had a quarterback since, until now with Fromm. Um, I think Fromm. I think Fromm is an above average college quarterback. Like I'd take mm-hmm. him over a lot of quarterbacks, but I mean, like we yeah. just said, he's not in the same. He's not yeah. in that elite category. Not no, even close all. to it at all. So I will actually take Georgia with the points for sake of this podcast. I will. I agree. I'm gonna get take Georgia plus thirteen and a half, just because I have to make a bet on here. But I absolutely am avoiding this game. This game's just gonna be a fun one to watch as a fan. Um, I look for Alabama to come out like I think that they try to pass the ball in Georgia and get up big early. I think Alabama tries to do what they've done all season long. They've gotten up big on teams and they coast from there. I think Alabama might try to do that and Georgia will come back, come back. Georgia may be able to stop it. I mean, like you said, they don't have the elite corners. I mean, this is going to be a hell of a game. It's number four versus number one. There's a lot riding on it. Yeah. 
I got to take Alabama here. An interesting stat, though, I will say this. If Georgia is able to run the ball, it's going to completely change the game. Georgia has never lost in a game where DeAndre Swift has over has a rushing touchdown. So wow. if DeAndre Swift finds the end zone, it could be interesting. I think he will. I think this game will break that trend, but I think it'll be a close game. I think Alabama gets up early and Georgia comes back, catches them sleeping. A little. I don't know necessarily sleeping, but I think that – they'll kind of adjust a little bit in the second half. I mean, we've seen and countless times have I seen Kirby Smart make changes at the half. Like against Kentucky, that game is close at the half. They blow him out. Yep. Against Florida, the mm-hmm. game's close. They blow him out. I mean, even against Alabama, he had a game plan for him. It's just ten to, it's just Saban made the greatest halftime adjustment in the history of football. Yeah, well, what I they mean, had on, on, on the last possession, they had two a sacked on, what, third and 24 or whatever? Like, what, second and 23, I think. Yeah, second and 23. Like, I mean – it's not like Georgia can't play with Bama. I really do think Georgia is – they believe they can they can win this game, if not keep it close. And I, I think they have the talent to – I just don't think that they'll have the talent or belief that they will close this game out in the end. I think it will be a close game until about five minutes left in the fourth quarter, then maybe uh, Bama gets a clutch first down to kind of ice the game over. Yeah, I think more so it'll be one of those things where Bama's up, they Georgia gets the ball back, Georgia can't make a game-winning drive. I think that's more so what kind of game we'll see here. But, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch, man. It's going to be a wild one. I'm probably going to – I don't know if I'm going to go tailgate or not, but I'm definitely going to go somewhere in Atlanta to watch this game, watch all the Georgia fans cry their eyes out after the game's over so I can make fun of them like they have – Made fun of me for Florida State not making a bowl game. I mean, hey, Georgia fans, y'all can talk Y'all can talk all you want to to me, but trust hey, Florida me, Florida State I don't can't forget. lose this week. I guarantee yeah, they won't I'm, lose this week. You know, like, hey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't forget that stuff, Georgia fans. So I'll definitely be coming for y'all. But are, are, are I, Georgia fans just like super obnoxious? Yes. Look, I would. I want to root for Georgia, and I will root for them in this game, just because that I'm I'm from the state of Georgia, and I don't want to like seeing fans from other cities, other states coming in and acting like they run stuff. So I will pull for the dogs in this game, but. I'm just saying, Georgia fans, like y'all, y'all only do it to yourselves when you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Like it's it's just so annoying. It's like Saints fans. I know Saints fans are just about the worst. Like who that? What does that even mean? We da uh, okay, cool. Find yeah, a fucking new real They were the Aints, and they were all wearing paper bags over their yeah. heads. Those are the good days. Those yeah. are the good days. But so obviously, before I get to the last two games here, it brings up a huge debate. All right, Clemson is not. First off, let's just say this: Clemson is not losing to Pitt. Do you see any way Pitt wins this game? Not at all. No, it's not happening. Like Clemson, ever since this bye week, has come out and they have blown every single team out of the water. Even South Carolina played with them for a half. Isn't it twenty three and a half? It's uh, I saw a twenty twenty six. That's what I have written down. It's a twenty seven and a half actually. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, they may backdoor cover that spread by a point or two. I just don't see them getting within seventeen to fourteen points. I think it'll be a lot like last year. Last year, I predicted before kickoff 35-3 to Clemson over Miami. That was the final score. I'm going to predict in this game, I predict 41-7 to or to, or to 3. I think I think Pitt scores. I don't think they make it out of single-digit scores. That's how big I think Clemson's going to win this game. I think I think that Dabo is going to leave no questions asked. Nothing. Trevor Lawrence, the whole squad. The only way the score might not get up to 41 is if they get up so big and just try to run the ball. But yeah. – ETN in that backfield, they run the ball over teams, so that might not even be what you want if you're Pitt. Mm-hmm. So I think Clemson absolutely blows them out. But, all right, brings up the huge question here. What's going to happen with the Final Four this week? Let's say well, – give me give me your scenario of what you think is going to happen. Um, I think UGA loses a close game 
that just barely puts him back to five or six. Um, if Ohio State wins big like you think they are, or if their win is convincing, even if it doesn't cover the spread, I don't think the committee takes Vegas too seriously in, in these kind of things. Um, I think Ohio State has an outside chance to sneak it in. Um, one and two will be Alabama and Clemson. Um, I, I think Clemson will find a way to 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 win and and cover the spread. I mean, find a way to win big. Um, Notre Dame doesn't play this week, so they can't really fall on the ratings, can they? No, Notre Dame's locked in. There's no yeah. way they don't get in. So they're they're probably going to be number four. They're just going to move them back one spot to number four to, you know, stick it to them for not playing this week. Um, <clears throat> I guess that leaves only Ohio State, huh, for number three. Wow. See, I disagree with you on this one. I'm going – I think Alabama for sure gets number one. I think Clipson's number two. I think Notre Dame gets number three. I think Georgia's loss drops them to probably number six. And I'd like Oklahoma to move in this spot. My biggest reasoning being here is Oklahoma's loss was to Red River rivalry game. Yep. In a, in, you know, on a neutral site. They barely lost this game in overtime. Mm-hmm. It was a game where they were down, and Kyler Murray brought them back in this game. I think that, that and Ohio State was, had a, had a horrible loss to six and six Purdue. Mm-hmm. And look at it this this way: Ohio State had a horrible loss. That is one of the worst losses you can have. Texas is a respectable team. Oklahoma is getting their chance at revenge this week. Oklahoma wins. I put Oklahoma in, and you could say, "Oh, what about Oklahoma barely beating Army?" Well, I don't know if y'all have looked at that game or not. I want to I want to pull these stats up because I want to get everything exactly Army's right this for y'all year. here. But Army is ranked number 24th in the nation. I mean, if you ask me, the Big Ten was a complete joke of a conference. They started with all these teams ranked up high. They pretty much had nothing. I mean, Michigan beat everybody's ass just because nobody could play with Michigan's defense, and their offense was very, very subpar. If you look at the rest of these other teams, they had horrible losses. Wisconsin lost to BYU at home. Like It just mounts up as even worse and worse losses for this conference. Oklahoma, on the other hand, though, that game was a game where Army absolutely dominated time of possession. I mean, Army controlled the ball in this game, I believe. Let me get the exact stat here for y'all. I believe they had the ball for 45 minutes. God. Um, Yeah, Army had the ball for 44 minutes. Oklahoma had the ball for 15 minutes. Army had two turnovers. Oklahoma had one. This is Oklahoma, though, beat them 28-21. I mean, if you look at that game, Oklahoma punted the ball one time. It's pretty much just the ball was always in Army's hands, and Oklahoma yep. barely had the ball, but they got it done pretty much every single time they had the ball. They went up and down the field on them. So, I mean, this Oklahoma defense is pathetic. I mean, if they had any yep. kind of defense, this would be a dif- different team. Yeah, but really. I think Oklahoma's in for sure if they win. That is if they have to win and if Georgia loses. Now, if Georgia beats Alabama – I'm going to agree with you on this one. Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame will be your final four, and you'll see Alabama two other teams still get gets left. to stay in as long as they don't get blown out, which they won't. And you, we know that won't mm-hmm. happen. Exactly. It won't happen. It's not happening. Alabama, if they lose, it'll be a tight game. I don't see Alabama losing. I mean, obviously, uh, you can't say they can't. They aren't going to lose. It's their first Anything loss in an SEC sports. championship game to the number four ranked team right now. You can't drop them out of the top four to me. That's just asinine. Yeah, I agree. It's just in plus like the way they went all season long. If you were to drop them out of the top four, you'd be like, all right, well, what if Alabama lost week two, three, four? You know what then, I mean? They'd be right back in there at yeah, number one. Yeah, they, they are number two. 
and the way they've dominated college football, you got to leave them in there. So I think Alabama, I think Alabama is a lock. Alabama and Notre Dame are a hundred percent locks in there. Let's say Clemson goes out, plays the worst game of their season. They lose to Pittsburgh. Obviously Clemson drops out. It's not happening, but if it were to happen, Ohio state and um, Oklahoma would both move in there. If they both won. I say this so, about I mean, Ohio state because you know how the politics of these things work. Like Condoleezza Rice is on the committee, you know, like this, I don't put 100% of merit to these polls because mm-hmm. I, I I know they get them wrong. I'm not saying that Ohio State getting in there would be wrong because to deprive of, of, of Urban Meyer and Ohio State is some sort of a disservice at the end of the day. Say the same thing about depriving us of Kyler Murray too. But the politics of these things, Ohio State got snubbed last year. I, I really feel like they just find a way to sneak their way in there. Really? Mm-hmm. You really, I see, I just don't think Ohio State, if everybody wins, I don't think Ohio State gets in. Obviously, Georgia has to lose, but if all the other yeah. teams win, I just don't see them getting in there. But, I mean, hey, there's a lot to go on the field. Last game we're going to talk about here real quick before we move to the NFL segment of this show is uh, number eight UCF versus Memphis. Um, let me find the site of this game for y'all. Hey, yo, just to- my hot take of the week, Memphis plus 140 money line. UCF is without uh- Mackenzie Milton. I feel like they're too dependent on him. The offense may still run, but they won't convert at a high capacity in the red zone. Give me Memphis plus 140 money line. Okay, I like that. I actually have Memphis money line written down as well. Uh, Memphis, this is my big thing. Uh, Darrell Henderson, the running back, he's number two in the NCAA in yards. He's sitting at uh, 1,699 yards rushing. UCF gives up 210 yards on the ground. That is 109th in the NCAA. So, I mean, they're horrible against the run. I mean, they're not good at all against the run. So I look for Memphis to run the ball all over UCF, control the clock. I think Memphis wins this game probably like – 38 21 38 24 something like that i think memphis is hot right now ever since getting spanked by missouri they haven't lost and they haven't looked back even beating a houston team that had a backup quarterback so i agree i look i look for memphis to get this one and plus memphis is 53rd in the nation in run defense so it's not like ucf just going to be able to hand the ball off every play and run up and down on them but i think ucf's undefeated season comes in here obviously if they have mckenzie milton i'm smashing ucf in this game of course of course Mm-hmm, but is what it is. But all right, so I picked three NFL games here. I actually didn't pick tonight's game because I don't know if this podcast will be out in time or not for tonight's game, so I didn't want to pick that one. So the first game I picked here, I personally think this is the best matchup of in, in the NFL this week. I did Chargers, Steelers. Um, this game features is on Sunday Night Football. It's Ella, the Chargers go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a three and a half point favorite. Um, over under is at fifty one and a half. What are you thinking about this one? Um, off the top of my head, without looking at the injury report or anything, um, I'd like to smash that fifty one over. And I would like to think that the Chargers plus three and a half would be a good bet. Um, injury report. I will say this: this is huge. Uh, Melvin Gordon's out. Yeah, yeah, I knew that, but I'm trying to think of like any like interior players, like you know, O line shit that I that would impact the game. And not saying mm-hmm. that Melvin Gordon wouldn't impact the game because he definitely would. But Eckler has has, has looked fine without him receiving I, the ball, not running the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. Philip Rivers loves those 58 attempt games though too. Like I know he was 25, 29 for thirty last week or whatever, but. Pittsburgh's defense isn't that great. Um, I like for 
the Chargers to use him like the Saints use Kamara and how the uh, Panthers use McCaffrey. Um, I disagree with you on this one. You, you said you picked the Chargers with the points, right? Yeah, plus three and a half. I disagree with you on this one. I'm going Pittsburgh minus three and a half, but I'm going to take money line to be safe on this one. Um, I personally like Pittsburgh in this game. Pittsburgh, if you look at it on paper, Pittsburgh is the number six um, scoring offense to Chargers number seven. That's pretty much even right there. You take out of there Melvin Gordon in this run game. Pittsburgh is the ninth run defense in the NFL right now. So, I mean, th- these teams, this team's score or rush defense is going to be huge. I don't think Eckler is going to really be able to run the ball between the tackles. Um, I think the Chargers are going to have to find something here if they want to be able to run the ball because I think that's going to be huge. I mean, Phillip Rivers can sit back there and pass the ball. You say, okay, let's sit back there and throw the ball. But Pittsburgh has the number um, – they have the number nine passing defense in the league. Char- or it's number six, and the Chargers are number nine. So, I mean, these teams carry good defenses and good scoring offenses into this game. I just feel like that – Chargers won't have enough in there running the ball because, I mean, outside of Gordon and Eckler, Gordon has 153 carries on the season, 70 for Eckler. I mean, you don't even see really another running back carrying the ball. I guess Justin Mm. Jackson, but he's a rookie from Northwestern. He has 12 carries on the season. So, I mean, he really has no game experience. So, I think that's going to hurt them a lot, the fact they don't have Melvin Gordon in this game. I look for, like I said, I look for the Steelers to just stuff the run, make make Phillip Rivers pass the ball. One thing that does sit here in the Chargers' favor is the Chargers have the 10th best turnover ratio in the league to the Steelers' 26. They are careless with the ball. That's why I think the game still stays close is because of Big Ben's turnovers. We saw it last week, but I think Big Ben, Antonio Brown – uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner. I think they have a big. I think they have a good week on offense. But I mean, I would absolutely smash Philip Rivers' pass attempts in this game. Oh yeah, of course. He'll 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 be in the high forties, low fifties to me. Oh, easily. Yeah. I mean, you got to do that. I think the Chargers will hang around. Don't get me wrong. With mm-hmm. without the run game, but I think that no run game is going to come back to bite them at some point in this game. I'll call the so, outcome. I mean, Boswell hit, kicks a field goal to win. I like that. I agree with that. Um, Vikings at. Patriots is the next game. That's 425, America's game of the week. This game opens with New England as they were opened as a six and a half po- or six point favorite. They're now at four and a half. So a lot of action coming in on the Vikings. Um, I'll start out with this one. I actually am going to go against the action here. I'm going to go pl- uh, minus four and a half for New England. Um, my biggest thing is here in New England's at home. This is an indoor team with Minnesota. Has, it's do, do, be- does New England have every fucking home game this year? It seems I swear like they I, do. I, I, it seems like every single game in New England or for New England is at home. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. See, my big thing is here is Minnesota is is the best third down defense in the league. The Patriots are 25th. I mean, defensively, you can go down the list of all the defensive stats, like the Minnesota's top five and giving up yards and stuff. But I mean, New England's offense here—they're not extremely superior, but they are superior. Kirk Cousins. Hasn't played up to my standards for Kirk Cousins this season. I think highest turnovers, I think, out of quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, and like Vikings lead the league in fumbles right now, so and fumbles lost. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just feel like that New England they have the ninth best takeaway defense. See, New England doesn't get a lot of stops, but they get the takeaways. That's what they need. They're better coached. They're at home. I'm taking New England minus four and a half. I mean, if if the if it. be a high scoring game but i think new england's defense crunches down locks in when they have to and they get the job done kind of like that game against the packers on sunday night i think it's a lot yep. similar to that one I, w- I would agree with what you just said i probably won't put money on this game though too too many factors Hmm. i agree 
I th- I just feel like Tom Brady at home. I mean, you can't bet against Tom Brady at home this late in the season. It's it's big time in the season. I mean, the Patriots are not trying to lose games, especially with the way the Chiefs are playing right now. They're trying to slip in. They're trying to get that uh, number one seed right now. So they could easily buy, they, they that, want that, that home field week, advantage. That bye week and that home field, baby. That's the most important things in the playoffs. Exactly. And I mean, you're not going into Arrowhead and winning. Belichick knows that. Belichick will not drop one late in the season. I mean, the Patriots stay focused. This is a team that doesn't have concentration problems. The Vikings, I feel like they've been a little unfocused lately. They've lost a lot of games they should have won. So I'm going with the Patriots here in this one. Um, Last game we'll talk about here for NFL is Redskins at Eagles. Um, The spread currently on this game has Philadelphia sitting... This game's on Monday night, by the way. As Philadelphia minus open at minus seven, they're at six and a half now. Um, what do you like in this game? I don't know, man. I may stay away from this one too. Um, Philadelphia has looked very, very, very bad this year. At some points they've looked good. At some points they've looked very, very bad. Um, God, maybe just Eagles money line. Interesting. See, I will take. I'll take Eagles minus six going up against a backup quarterback here in Colt McCoy. The Eagles played better. They squeezed – I mean, it was not impressive by any means. That was one of the ugliest wins I've seen last week for the Eagles. But like I've always said in the NFL, it's about surviving and advancing. They found a way to get it done last week. I think if you look at the Eagles' schedule, they have to play at the Cowboys, at the Rams. They get the Texans at home, then at the Redskins. This is a really tough schedule to close out the division. They kind of control to close out the season. They control their own destiny here. I look for Philadelphia to come out. They use these extra days. They stay focused. I think that they come back, come out, win this game. I mean, I think it'll be a close game, but I could see the Eagles pulling away towards the end. The fact that Alex Smith is out, I think, really, really, really plays a big factor. If Alex Smith was playing, I'd say give me the points all day. But yeah. no Alex Smith. P. Ryan probably won't play. Chris Thompson won't. I think that Eagles D-line shuts down Adrian Peterson. He's even questionable, too. Lots of injuries oh, yeah, on that sucks. side for the Redskins. I mean, we even know that offensive line's beat up, even though they technically don't have a lot of people listed on the injury report right now. So, mm-hmm. I just feel like Philadelphia, Carson Wentz, he's he's played better as of late. I look for Carson Wentz to, to take care of the ball, get back on track, and get this win. I mean, this is a huge game. It has a lot to do with the playoffs. I mean, these games this weekend have a lot to do with the playoffs. There's, like, even this game tonight, Dallas needs to win. I mean, the Eagles need to win, not take, knock the Redskins back. You know, if like, because yep. they're probably banking on, I mean, I am I'm think the Saints win for sure tonight. I don't know how this game will go, but I think the Saints win. This is going to be a very good game. I could – I, I think the Saints are hands down one of the best teams in football, if not the best. Um, as, as 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 much as it pains me to say as a Falcons fan, I the Saints are just looking real damn good. But to be honest with you, just because this is the NFL and the Cowboys are desperate for a win, like extremely desperate, I could I could see them pull, pulling one out. I don't think it'll happen, but I could definitely see them pulling one out tonight. Huge player to keep an eye out on tonight is um, Tyron Smith. He's listed as a game-time decision. I think that's huge if he plays or not. If he doesn't play, Cam Jordan and Sheldon Rankins are just going to bully this Dallas team. Dak Prescott and Zeke will have nowhere to go. So I think it's going to be a good one, like you just said. I don't don't know if they can cover that spread or not. But then again, I can't bet bet against Drew Brees. So I don't have a – yeah, so I don't have a pick for this one. It's going to be a good game, though, for sure. Uh, Is there any NBA you want to talk about before I let you go? Um, now nah, the Utah Jazz just acqu- acquired Kyle Korver. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's a good trade. I said on Twitter I like the trade. I mean, I thought the Cavs did a good job. I mean, they got a second round pick. You never know what can happen. Two, two second, two second round picks, and oh, Alec I didn't even realize it's two. Yeah, I was about to say Alec Burks. He's a guy never really developed in what he thought he would. He's hurt a lot. 
Uh, I think it's a good change of scenery for him. I think that he could get some more playing time. I think it could be better off for him. Uh, I think Corver, like I said, I mean, Corver fits on any play team trying to make a playoff push. A guy can spot up. He's going to hit three out of five threes for you. About six out of every ten threes, five out of every ten threes. I mean, every single team in the league can use that. So I love this pickup by the Jazz, and especially the way the Jazz play. I think he's an even better pickup for them. And he's fr- he played for Utah before, mm-hmm. so he's back, baby. Yep, first time since 2010. Uh, Utah is currently 29th in the NBA in terms of three-point percentage, so we were desperate for this kind of spot-up, instant offense. And um, Andy Larson, the guy who is, I think is the ESPN affiliate for the Jazz, um, mm-hmm. the beat guy, I think I saw the tweet from him. It could be somebody else, but I'm pretty sure it was Andy Larson on Twitter. Um, Alec Bergs, they, they, they asked his permission, of course, first, like kind of like a courtesy thing. And he didn't. He seemed kind of happy that he was um, beginning to play not just more minutes, but more regular minutes. So I do. I, I do think the Jazz gave up a little bit much for Kyle Korver, but I think the tangibles on the side, the other factors going into this trade, both teams kind of got to win. Yeah, I agree with you there completely. I mean, me and you could talk on and on and on about NBA, guys. This is a little special preview of our association podcast. We'll be recording tomorrow because we'll have to talk about this again on there, but. Yep. Going. I appreciate you coming on, man. We'll see what happens with these picks. No worries. Everyone, go listen to the Daily Degenerate Podcast if you're into betting and sports comedy. Yeah, got to go check it out, guys. I've even been featured on a few episodes. Go check out the association. Me and Cohen about to get Twitter and everything up and running this week mm-hmm. for that podcast. Lots of good content coming for y'all in there. The first episode we recorded, I think, is the best podcast me and him have both ever recorded. So, 100%. I mean, we're only we're just like LeBron. We keep getting better and better week to yep. week. Game fine games, wine, baby, season. fine yeah. wine. Exactly. But follow me on Twitter, guys. At Hot Takes with TP3. I already tweeted out my locks for. NBA tonight. I'm currently 24, 14, and one on since I've been giving you all these picks. I started the, I guess it's been a week now because I started the day before Thanksgiving. That was my pre-Thanksgiving day feast. I went eight zero that day. Had nice. a big old plate of uh of money. So nice. you know, it tasted it tastes real good digesting in my stomach, especially mm-hmm. coming out the other end too. But Cohen, I'll let you go, man. All right, Take guys. Um, my name's Cohen Hughes. I don't have a Twitter, but uh, the podcast does at TDD Pod. On Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, all that. Really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thomas Pinlin, it's always an honor. You're a scholar and always. a gentleman. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hey, Cohen, you're a scholar and a gentleman, too. Watch out for Atlanta United tonight, guys. Getting a huge win, going to the championship. Hopefully they break this Atlanta curse and we can get some. We get a championship to this city. Obviously not the way I'd like to see it, but hey, I'll take it, guys. But we'll see you all next week. All right, see you